why don't Nathan and I discuss politics much on this show when everybody else in the world seems to? We discuss this and more, and some reasons why you may disagree with us on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, pleasantly pretentious pontificator. And with me as always is my aggressively apolitical co-host. Nathan Clark's an actor, author, filmmaker, and annoyingly ambiguous when it comes to... (laughs) (laughs) Annoyingly politically ambiguous. There you go. What are your thoughts on this momentous occasion? Your neutralness? I have no strong feelings one way or the other. I just love to make everyone angry. (laughs) (laughs) And believe me, he's not just that way on the podcast. He's that way in real life, too. (laughs) Uh, Well, so we're just great, great for our topic today, because today we're going to be going to a little bit of an offbeat episode, because we're going to be discussing why we don't talk about politics much on our show. But first, as always, Nathan. If people enjoy the episode and want to hear more of our content and engage more with fellow overthinkers, where can they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts. Probably not their political affiliations, <laughs> <laughs> but a little more about their hosts. create an entire subculture of people trying to figure out yeah, all exactly. I wish. Great. <laughs> yeah. um, Start a Reddit thread, people. Yeah. Well, and you, yes, please do. That would really help us. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and you can also uh, find out about live events on the overthinkersjournal.com and we are having one very soon. Um, if it's, I hope this is coming. coming this, this, it'll probably like next week. Okay, good. So it's coming out. Uh, November event, 17th. Yes. The event is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming out to the event on November 17th at the Hepzibah House right here in New York City where you can come and mingle and mix with all sorts of overthinkers and artists and people like yourself. So we want to see you there. The Eventbrite is up. It's going to be on our page, both uh, on overthinkersjournal.com and our private Facebook group called The Overthinkers, mm-hmm. where there's 10,000 plus overthinkers like yourself posting memes, getting into discussions, and having a lot of fun thinking deeply. So please head over to the, the private group and join on Facebook. And if you do enjoy the podcast and you can make it through this um, without <laughs> canceling us, uh, please leave a review and share with a friend. Awesome. So you ready to get started? Let's, let's well, <laughs> <laughs> too late to knock out now. Yeah, exactly. Let's do it. Cool. All right. Uh, So, Nobel Prize winning economist Paul Krugman famously said that in the 21st century, everything is political, as recounted in JSTOR Daily's review of his book, Arguing with Zombies. And few people would argue with him. From the NFL to the NBA games, dividing fans over kneeling during a national anthem, each new blockbuster release from Star Wars to Marvel being scrutinized for how woke or based it is, with each side accusing the other side of being toxic, and every celebrity is feeling obligated to weigh in on how the politician they don't like is an existential threat to democracy, and every podcast is seemingly evolved into a political podcast. And this isn't just how it feels either. According to a widely cited study for the Florida Atlantic University, Americans' political polarization is the highest point since they've been keeping track in 1970. Likewise, uh, some, like the Gospel Coalition piece, do we really have to politicize everything, decry this politicization of everything as toxic for our culture and the people who live in it. While others, like the medium piece, everything is political, argue that everything has always been all political, but we've just been dishonest about it before. So Nathan, you and I do talk about politics when we're not recording the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Yet we've made a conscious decision to keep political episodes to a minimum. Why don't you, why don't, 
Okay, why don't you talk about why that was important to you to do uh, on the show? Well, oh boy, here we go. Um, <laughs> I do feel like we need to lay a little bit of groundwork as to why. Real quick, yeah. I just want to lay some groundwork as to why we live in the world we do. One where every conversation, every subject, every piece of media seems to be politicized. That every friend you make, you're the one of the first things you want to talk about them. Well, are they conservative or are they liberal? Yeah. And it, it, why do we live in this world? And we've talked about this before. So I just want to set this up really quickly. I'm not going to go down too much of a rabbit hole. But I think now we're in this place where uh, we we rag on postmodernity a lot. But you know, to be honest, it deserves it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, we live in a post-religious age for yeah. the most part. Yes, uh, there are a lot of people say, "Oh, there's still tons of religious people." Kind of. You should look at the statistics about people who actually believe in Orthodox beliefs, some yeah. Christian, even Muslim and Jewish beliefs. Um, it, it's it's especially in the West. It's it's been on a steady decline for yeah. decades. And I would say now, in my estimation, we live in a pretty secular society. We don't have the pillars of um, church with the influence they did in society in right. in, in old days, in days past, and so. The result of this is kind of getting rid of God and culture and in people's lives and people's upbringings yeah. and people's formations is we are left saying, okay, well, church gave us meaning. It gave us purpose. It gave us understanding of the world. It told us who, what was good, what was evil. It gave us morality and ethics. Um, it gave uh, guidance to what I should do, how I should act and who the good people and who the bad people are. And all that's gone. Hmm. And so now we're left in this very Nietzschean uh, kind of place where we have to create yeah. um, these structures that can handle all of that for us. Yeah. And the next thing is essentially the state. And by the state, I mean politics. Right. That, you know, other things have tried to step in, but nothing quite so powerfully as politics. Yeah. So now if we want to know if something's good or bad, if we want to know if something's right or wrong, if we want to know what purpose and what tribe we're in, if we're the good guys, if we're the bad guys, we look to our political tribe. And so I think that is one of, I'd say, if not the main reason that we now live in this incredibly divisive society where everything is based on your political views, which essentially, I would say, is just a mask for ultimately your your post post-Christianity yeah. religious views. Right. No, I think you make, you make an excellent point. I mean, there's a, a study that's in the Gospel Coalition article. They referenced this, the fact that people now object more to um, their kids marrying somebody of a different political party than they do wow. the religious party, even if they're a different religion. And uh, and that's true. Like people, people need a tribe. They need, you know, um, they need uh, who, you know, what they need, what story am I in? Yes. And we don't have religious story anymore. And also not only just religious, we're not as connected to our families as much as we used to. And so all these different markers of what used to give us our identity, you know, and to tell us what story we're in. Um, and there's somebody thing, somebody put it, I forget what study this is, you can look it up, uh, was, is that people like uh, finding out, like politics was sort of one of the best predictors of a lot of other identity groups mm. of views. Like, oh, if you're a Republican, you probably have a lot of these traits. Or if you're a liberal Democrat, you probably have a lot of these traits. So, so it's people, the quickest way to know if you're going to exactly have things in common. Exactly. Somewhere. It's a, sort of the quickest way we can do that. Um, but yeah, so that, that you're right. In the absence of other stories that give us meaning, that yeah. tell us what story we're in, the political one has become, has sort of filled that vacuum. 
Yeah, and, and it's not only the quickest way to know if you'll have something in common, if you get along with them, yeah. it's the quickest way to know if they're good or bad, yes. according to our, you know, kind of what we've constructed. Right. And so to your actual question, which is why was it important for me? And this is a, by the way, no one pressured, we didn't pressure each other into this. This is something <laughs> we both kind of came to ourselves. Why we decided really to not talk about politics here. And there's a few different reasons. I'm going to give the quick, the, the easiest and quickest one first, which is there's enough places, yeah, talking about that. And by enough, I mean literally everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. If you are here listening to us um, and you're going, man, I like all the stuff they talk about, but I wish you'd talk about politics because no one else talks about <laughs> politics. Literally just go to any other podcast. Like yeah. literally any other podcast. Well, yeah, even the podcasts that are not technically political podcasts, they talk a lot about politics. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, it, so I guess early on, it's like, you know, obviously we pontificate ad nauseum here about things we're not experts on. That's right. kind of what you do on podcasts when you're 30 something guys. Right. Yeah. Um, but that being said, knowing this is such a divisive issue and knowing that everywhere else is talking about it. One, we wanted to create a place where maybe when people still want to think deeply and about the important things in the world, but don't necessarily want them colored by or filtered through politics. Yeah. We wanted to be a place where that can happen. Yeah. So we wanted to be a place that I always felt that politics kind of stopped the conversation to be right. honest. Right. And, and it kind of gave this, well, that's what it is answer. And it kept a lot of these subjects from being, um, it kept us from going deeper into yeah. these things. So one, we there's plenty other places that talk about it. Right. Two, it really does, in my opinion, stop a lot of the conversations mm -hmm. about these things mm -hmm. because there's so much already subtext that is attached yeah. to whatever conclusion you come to. Right. Um, but also, we're not experts in politics. Yeah, yeah. we have you know armchair opinions, and <laughs> if you get to know us and you want to hang out with us at a bar or in our apartments, <laughs> get a couple of drinks into us, yeah, and we'll, we'll tell you. We'll <laughs> be rambling, and you'll be like, "Those guys are utter <laughs> idiots." Yeah. <laughs> And we'll agree, yes. by the way, so we will agree. But we also, knowing how uh, divisive and important, I would even say to so many people it is, we're not going to establish ourselves as someone who has a lot of things to say about politics. Yeah. There are other people who say them better and yeah. more eloquently. I'm talking all sides here. Yeah. Um, and who, who do specialize well, obviously in Obviously, my side does it much better. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but you should go listen to people who specialize in this. Yeah. Um, so that is just something that we don't specialize in. We can talk about it. We might have even some good ideas. Maybe we're totally right. Doesn't matter. It's not our expertise. And the last one is, I kind of alluded to this in my other point. For me, it distracts mm -hmm. from, I think it's beautiful and important to talk about and explore big and deep ideas, to give us an understanding of the reality of the world, even if we're talking about funny things like we have. Yeah. Um, I think a better understanding and ability to um, explore those um, are, is a really valuable and needed thing that, you know, and I don't find that that's possible in many other places because what I find is, you know, I went to a documentary last night. Um, I'll, I'll talk about more later in the blessings and curses, but it started out as this really compelling, interesting story. And then by the third act, all it was, was uh, talk about politics. And yeah. so it, it almost seemed talking about politics stole from anything interesting yeah. that the story had to say. Yeah. And that's what disappointed. And so I, I didn't, I didn't, and I assume you're with me. I didn't want that to distract from the, the right. places we could wander yeah. um, and, and take us to just kind of kill the conversation. So those are a few of my just tertiary reasons, but I will get into my deeper reasons as to why I think, why I really don't want to. Those are just kind of the practical ones. Sure. Yeah. So I, on, on that score for me, 
you know, a lot of it for similar. It's a, the first thing is, what am I most interested in talking about? So on a podcast like this, we're saying, hey, we're going to talk about, we're going to have fun thinking deeply. We're going to talk about the deepest things, the things we're most interested in, um, and have fun doing that. Go as deep as we possibly can and have fun doing it. That's sort of, you know, what the genesis of the podcast was. You know, what am I most interested in talking about? You know, again, we're not experts in everything that we talk about. We do talk about what we're interested in. When somebody said, you know, don't write what you know, write what you walk. It's just like the thing what is wonk. Um, what's what it's what basically you're an armchair expert. In. Okay. So it's like, you know, I've, I love reading, you know, about, uh, about psychology and culture okay, and gotcha. stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, you know, I do so that. Pretty much all my expertises are wonks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, good grief. Um, but what's, uh, and the thing is I do, I am interested in and talk about and like politics, but politics is maybe like 20% of what I would enjoy talking about. And the thing is, as you sort of alluded to, when you um, start talking about politics, like if you if you want to talk about politics 20% of the time, people make that 90% of what you are. Ah. And um, I really, you know, want to, I, I'm more interested in talking about the underlying truths about the world that I think are true mm. and interesting that shape where I go to politics. Because for me, you know, there's, there's a lot of different truths in the world. Where do you start? Exactly. Where do you start? Exactly. What are, what are the things about the world that are true? And then what things do you think are most valuable and where should you put your time and energy? And from there, that translates to what laws do we pass in order to mm -hmm. enforce that? And that's the thing is that political truths are truths. There are political truths, but the problem is political truths is one area of truth. It's what laws do we pass to apply these truths that we believe. They're not truths because they're political. Yes, exactly. And so, um, and so first of all, again, it's it's the proportion thing. I'm most interested in talking about this other stuff. And if I talk about politics, it is going to, to a certain degree, prevent me from talking about the other stuff. Mm. And it certainly at least prevent people from hearing it when I talk about the that other stuff. Next thing. Because when you, you we talk, alluded to the tribalism thing, when people hear, there's, there's an interesting studies I, I can't find anymore, but I had a professor who talked about it. There was an interesting study about um, them, them doing an exam, them basically doing a study on, on college students in an exam and putting in somebody who cheated on the test. Um, to, like, they put somebody in there to cheat on the test and they had the person cheat on the test who um, uh, wearing a jersey from another school and a jersey from that school. And when they saw the person um, uh, who put on the jersey from the other school, she on the test, it actually made the people there less likely to cheat on the test because they saw, oh, this is a tribal marker. People over there cheat, but we don't because we're not like them. Mm -hmm. But if they wore like a jersey from their school and they cheated on the test, they were more likely to cheat on the test because it became wow. like a tribal marker. Well, we can do that here. That's the kind of people we are. And so the thing is, if you, because basically our main tribal marker of who we are is our politics today, when you make your politics known, people either hear you or don't hear you based on that. Mm. So it's like, and becomes the kind of fans you draw are people who say, I like what I'm going to agree with what they're saying, not because their reasoning is good. Because they vote the way I Because like. I vote the way I like. And that's not the way I want to be heard primarily. But that is an interesting way to put it. And, and I'll add to that. I, I think 
another reason why this is important for me not to do it is just the practicality of what happens when you do. Yeah. We live, obviously this has been said ad nauseum. I love that word, Um, (laughs) but it's been said just endlessly in culture today, which is, oh, we live in a divided culture, but it's true. We do. We live in times where people sum each other up by exactly what you're saying. If I'm going to agree with this person, I like this person, not because of the merits of what they're saying or the arguments they're making, but because of who they vote for. And yeah. if it's someone I like, I'll like them. If it's not, then I won't listen to them. Right. And maybe it's practical because we just want the most <laughs> listeners possible. Yeah. But there is something that I, I've really been amazed and uh, humbled by is, you know, when you look at all of you out there and we've gotten to know so many of you, we love getting your letters. You wouldn't believe the diversity yeah. of people who are here listening with you. Right. They they come from vastly different political backgrounds, vastly different geographical backgrounds, yep. um, vastly different religious backgrounds, um, ethnic backgrounds. And this is something beautiful. To yeah, me. I, I, I hate to say it. <laughs> I don't have to say it um, because I, I don't like buzzwords, but diversity is a beautiful thing. Yeah. Especially when it encompasses every kind of diversity. Yeah. And it enables every one of those people who come from different places, different worldviews. Mm to find their common humanity. We talked about this about yeah. comedy, but they, but find their common humanity around thinking about things that affect our human experience deeply. Right. And having fun doing it, right? Right. Those are two things that we, that all of us, I don't right. care who you vote for, can love doing is thinking deeply and having fun. Yeah. Those are important to everyone. Right. Regard, and, but the, here's the thing. If we had come out of the gate saying our politics are X, yeah. that would have made immediately half of at least the country say, I don't care how human it is or what they're doing, they're fun, they're turned off. Right. And uh, and you don't get to know what half. Uh, (laughs) Or actually the probability is everyone would have turned it off because (laughs) at least I, I won't speak for you, have just enough beliefs to make everyone angry (laughs) at everything I believe. I hate everyone equally. Um, So it it was really just a practical decision that if we went to listeners, (laughs) we can't make them all mad out the gate. But but truly, I think at the heart of it is, is for me, I'd rather find, because we know right now, I mean, you can say, no, that's not true, but we have divvy culture up yeah. uh, and all the things. I mean, the media, well, we have yeah. conservative media now, we have liberal media, whatever yeah. it might be, of our own news stations, we have our, whatever it might yeah. be. And so I didn't want that to happen here. I wanted to create a place with Joseph where people could connect in the common humanity of let's yeah. think deeply about things that affect our well, human experience. Well, I'll say this also, you know, again, we, our, our show is having fun thinking deeply. When it's politics, it stops being fun. Yeah. And I will, I, I will say something that I specifically mean by that, because of course I do enjoy, you know, listening to political podcasts and, you know, watching political things. I do. So some, there is a kind of fun that can happen there. However, it's a fun in a different way because the thing about politics is it is not only tribal, but it is the one place in the world where guns are pointing in one direction. Mm-hmm. Because the thing that distinguishes politics from you know pretty much every other enterprise is that you can force people to do things you want. And so whenever, you know, if we have an idea about the way the world is, and we're talking about that, and where why this is interesting us and why to explore it. When we say what our politics are, one of the things you hear is not only this is what you believe because it's true, but the fact that they believe this means that the guns are pointed in my direction. Mm. And so- It's and kind of a zero sum game. It is, it, yeah, politics is, it's a zero sum game. Unlike other, you know, 
even more than religion, even more than economics, you know, you know, economics, you can maybe make a bigger pie, but with politics, no, it's, you know, I get my way and you don't. Do you ever wonder what to win somebody's got to lose? Yes, at least some aspects of life and, uh, you know, some people are going to get what they want and some people are not. Well, it's, you know, we talk about having fun thinking deeply. I find that it's very rarely, it's difficult to have fun. Like you <laughs> yeah. pointed out, it, this is not something, but I love that idea of that you have, it, at least here in the West or at least here in America, yeah. guns are pointed. Yeah. Consistently ready to fire at the other side. If it wasn't one darn thing, it was another. When they couldn't think of nothing else to wrangle over, the flat-footed people started a shooting at the buck-toothed people. And the vegetarians began to fight the meat-eating people. And you couldn't make head or tail of it. And which means our sights are set on other people based on what mm. they believe in the, in the tribe. And maybe this is my Christianity coming out, sorry. <laughs> um, but I, I did a study through the encounters that everyone had with Jesus a while ago. And what I was struck by was every, most of them, I'm not going to say every, but almost all of them, if they found themselves in a situation, started finding someone else to blame. Everybody's looking for someone to And so their, their perspective was faced elsewhere, outward, not at themselves. And every situation, again, not every, but most situations, Jesus' practice was, forget about them, we're turning our eyes in. Yeah. We're going to look at who we are, where our faults are, what our doubts, what our fears, what our failures are, and that's where we're going to start. And with politics, it's this outward um, looking perspective that is looking to find the bad guys in the world. Yeah. And we never consider that they are us in Christianity. Right. Very uncomfortably tells us we're all the bad guys. Right. Are we the baddies? We all are broken. We all need help. And politics gives us this thing that, that religion doesn't. And politics says, no, you're good because yeah. you're a part of this tribe. The other people are bad. And one of the things that I love doing here on the podcast with our guests, with the topics we talk about, is that it encourages us to ask questions about ourselves mm -hmm. and yeah. our own behavior and our own experience and our own stories. And when politics are introduced, it changes that perspective from interior to exterior. Yeah. It says, all right, we're no longer talking about us and, and allowing ourselves to have a place where we explore and ask questions, deep, yeah. hard, difficult, interesting questions about ourselves. Now we're looking at the other guys, what are they doing wrong? And yeah, that is something I never wanted to do because I think the introspection and looking in is both um, demonstrably important to God and yeah. all of Jesus' interactions, and I think is practically important for us. Yeah, and I think that I think that if we do good here, you know, and I like to believe we do because it makes this a lot more fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Even if we're deluded, we're yeah, gonna, exactly. We're going to continue. Don't, exactly. That. Yes. <laughs> um, is that you know I would like you know the culture to. Uh, and and both the culture and political culture, whatever, to move more to my own, you know, my own beliefs because I think they're true, you know. Um, but I also, I would rather, so so uh, Gilles Lipovetsky, or maybe it's Gilles Lipovetsky. I've only read his name. Um, is a French philosopher who wrote Hypermodern Times, which I've mentioned a few times on the podcast. And what he was asked because he he's describing like what the world we live in and you know what's uh, screwed up about it. Um, and, uh, and one of the things somebody asked, like, you spend most of your career at talking about the problem when you're not giving any solutions. And he said, 
I don't think we have an agreement on what the problem is yet. Mm. And until we know what is, we can't ask the question of what ought to be. And I, and I think that what I see as the, whatever we decide, what laws we're going to pass to determine, you know, um, who is going to get to have their way politically. Um, the first, you know, uh, that question is maybe better left for other people. What I want to help people explore most, again, 20% of me might want to talk about the politics of what we should go, where we should do, but 80% of me wants to make sure whatever conclusion you come to about what laws we should pass, that you came to that conclusion because you knew how to have fun thinking deeply. Like that became, yeah. you came to the conclusion because you thought deeply about it and you're not scared to think deeply about it. You've gotten practice of thinking deeply about it. It is a well thought out, well considered reason that you got to your political beliefs. And I think that that's the main way for this podcast is supposed to make the world a better place. You better think, think, think about what's trying to do to me. Yeah, I think that's really good. And I, I also, there's, there's this aspect of one of the reasons I don't and have not and didn't want to talk about politics is because I, I look at my evolution and journey of hmm. knowledge in every different subject, be it religious, yeah. be it um, uh, philosophical, be it political. Yeah. And I look at myself 10 years ago and hmm. I go, wow, I have changed dramatically yeah. in how I see the world because I've been given new evidence and I've been yeah. shown new things. I've learned how to think more um, nuanced about different subjects. Yeah. And so for me to come on here and establish, this is what I think is right about sure. politics. It's setting myself up for failure because yeah, I think I'm closer to what I would believe is true now than what I believe when I was 23. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I know, I always tell my friends this, even when I express a really strong opinion about something, yeah. is I reserve the right to be wrong. Yeah. Because <laughs> unfortunately, I've experienced being wrong a lot. <laughs> and so and so all the other things I can be wrong on that I've said in this yeah. podcast, and I can come to new conclusions. But for whatever reason, uh, sociologically, politics that can't be yeah. because if I say something here it's it's forever and yeah and I'm bound to this opinion that I don't know that I'll hold forever and that's a really that's something I don't want to do because I want to allow myself to evolve and understand and stay open yeah um which is why I'm resistant to just jumping into a tribe to begin with because right. I have seen how many times I've been wrong yeah. I've also seen how many times other people who have been wrong and I've been so ferociously confident in my wrongness right. that I in my old age I'm going you know, I, I think this and I, I see evidence for this, but I'm also human and have limited understanding and I want to leave room for that. And I and that's one of the things, one of the reasons yeah. I don't want to personally do it is because I want to allow myself room to grow yeah. and to come to new conclusions. Also, because this is going to make a lot of people mad. Um, I'm anti-tribalistic because tri tribalism, and it, by the way, this happens in religion. Uh, obviously, very clearly. <laughs> no, <happens>. yeah, occasionally, <laughs> but it happens where you you don't sign up for religion, and then start going through. Well, what do I believe about this? What do I believe about that? What do I believe yeah. about this? Typically, when you join a denomination or a, a faith tradition, it's all right. You're part of it. Here's your list of three hundred things you have to adhere to now. Yeah, I just can't do that, and I can't do that religiously. You know, th this is, I, I have uh, fights with my more orthodox friends. I go, well, yeah, I believe this, this, and this, but this is, this is struggle. But as you've heard on the podcast, yeah. by the way. It's like, I believe in, you know, one through eight, but nine and 10, man. Exactly. <laughs> well, and so I think for me also, it it's that exactly is 
I'm not willing to jump in and say all of this is right and all of this is wrong. To be honest, I think that both sides and I, I think uh, such a 30 year old white guy I thing know, to say, <laughs> but, but I think there are benefits to both. And, and there's a lot yeah. of sociologists who point this out is that it's important actually that different sides care about different things and both are valuable. Yeah. Uh, and that there are, and maybe the methodology by which we go about solving these things sure. is different. Um, but we need people caring about different things. And I see that um, different sides of the political spectrum uh, have good points to make. And so to just join a tribe that says everything they believe is wrong and sure. everything we believe is right is something that feels deeply unintellectually honest sure. to me. And yeah. so that's something I can't just jump on. I can't do the bandwagon. Yeah. So now here's an interesting- It'd be easier, by the way. Our podcast would be way bigger probably, <laughs> probably. if we would just give in to one side and just go, you know what? We are sold out with yeah. you guys. Um, so here's an interesting, so I, I'm going to give, uh, let's, there, there are some pushbacks okay. to this kind it. of thinking. Um, the one is we hear a lot, which is that, um, and, and both are kind of, you know, fall into this, this camp, but um, is the silence is violence thing. Okay. Which is that, you know, if you do that, oh, that's, it's very fine for us who are in a position of privilege. Sure. To, we don't have to talk about politics because we're somewhat protected from yeah, its effects. Yeah. But we do have a platform, no matter how small, and there are real things going on that are hurting and affecting people's yeah, lives. Yeah. And so to a certain degree, by not being involved, even again, in a small way, where it's like, again, like I said, man, 80%, I don't want to talk about it, but I wouldn't mind talking about 20%. Sure. It's like, why can't we have 20% of our time talking about some of these things? Because that might prevent certain people from having their livelihoods hurt mm. by politics. And so there's a certain degree of irresponsibility in not um, engaging in those parts of reality and deep questions as well. This is great. And I think that's a valid pushback. I'm not going to dis dismiss that. Um, I've seen a lot of people dismiss that. Be like, ah, shut up. And <laughs> I'm not going to do that because I do think there's some merit there that, you know, if you look back through history, there's a lot of people who have just said, well, it's none of my business right. as, you know, an entire um, ethnic groups are just wiped off this face of the earth. Right. And so I want to be clear, we actually do believe in speaking up and saying things and helping the world through yeah. our words and using the platform, not just as a main entertainment thing, we can get whoever to listen to us and reach a widest audience. No, we believe in saying true things so the world will be a better place. The problem for me, and you can disagree with my methodology yeah. about this, I don't believe the most productive way to do that is to speak in political biases. Sure. I think I would rather, I would argue that our podcast does address important things and talks to people and helps people think about things and hopefully practically live better lives so that less, so there's practically less suffering and dysfunction in the world. Right. But I think we just have a difference in how we think we should go about that. Yeah. So I, I think well, most people tend towards, well, the only way to do that is to talk politically. And what you said earlier was a political idea. Yeah, there are a political truths. There are political truths, but they're not true because they're political. Mm -hmm. So I would rather talk about the ideas mm -hmm. that are the foundation for what is built, what politics are built upon than the actual politics. So that to me is distracting. Let's get to the heart of the issues. Let's talk about what truly matters. Let's talk about human worth. Let's talk about um, 
practical value. Let's talk whatever it might be. Let's go to the heart of the issues that aren't encumbered by the political mess of today and the biases and the division. Let's talk about the actual ideas that can lead us to that can actually form our politics better. Let me say like an example. I mean, we had a podcast about like, why is it so hard to talk about race? Which mm-hmm. is in some ways you can argue that's a like a political topic. But what we're doing is we're talking about interpersonally yeah. and saying like, okay, like how do we as individuals and as a culture have an easier time having these discussions? And, you know, and, and we think, we think A, even that's maybe a better way to have the discussion, but B, it's certainly the way that we're best qualified to have that discussion. And again, it does that thing where it turns it from it, the outward um, perspective, which is how do we make them less racist? And it turns it back on us. It's more comfortable, but it's also more interesting, which is what can I do to address my own biases and my own things that are keeping me from loving people or judging people too quickly based on the color of their skin or their financial status or their history or their ethnicity, whatever. I mean, if we have been able to help other people listen to the podcast say, oh, now I know how it'll be easier for me to talk about race with other people. Um, That would, I think, make the world a better place in that way. So that's, 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 I think, sort of way we are kind of conceptualize it. Now I'm going to give another, um, a sort of a pushback uh, on on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is interesting. We talk about uh, Tim Keller a lot on this podcast. Um, and because uh, we like Tim Keller and he has some good things to say. But one of the things well, that you speak for yourself. Okay. Don't throw me under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what he's, he might get canceled soon. Yes. So. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I reserve the right to be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but is that he's uh, very prominent in our city. Yes. Um, well, that's the thing is that a lot of people point to him because he actually does this model, the story we do as well. He's actually. In, in the Christian circles, he's often sort of, um, uh, people talk about the Tim Keller model, where you talk about the values and the principles of, um, uh, of Christianity. It's like what you can talk about the gospel, preach the gospel, and you talk about the values, but you don't talk explicitly about the politics or you know, the application of those values in politics. Yeah. And one of the things people pointed out is, because because you look at Tim Keller and he says, you know, and you don't have to agree. I'm I'm not saying I didn't trickle down theology. It trickle down theology. Yes. <laughs> I mean, well, well, that's the interesting thing. I mean, he, you know, you look at he says, look, a biblical worldview, and this is according to him, it's not according to me, this is not according, you know, but is is you know, would have like some things uh, that you know on the that resemble the right and some things that resemble the left. Like in his view, you know, um that it would. Um, a Christian worldview would have sort of more right-leaning uh, ways of looking at things in terms of life issues and sexuality and more left-leaning in terms of issues of race and economics. And people pointed out the world hasn't, the, the city that you're in, New York City, has not grown more to reflect the way you think um, uh, politics should go since you've mm. been here. And so their thing is like, it hasn't had the cultural renewal okay. that you claim that it will have by using that model of trickle-down theology. And so, so that's a kind of criticism pushback. And, you know, again, there are people who pointed out, you know, look, you know, a lot of those gospel-centered churches who said, look, you know, we should be against racism, but we're not going to call out particularly segregation or things like that. Mm. You know, those were the churches and the communities that were least likely in many cases to, to, to fight against segregation because they weren't having the link between um, their ideas and their actions spelled out for them or challenged. 
And so if you focus only on the ideas and not in the specific application, including in the ways that it can go into politics, people do not make that link. And then the world doesn't actually become better. So that is an argument that people have made against the sort of especially model here in our city, yeah. if you, especially in our city. Yes. In, um, uh, uh, for the, is, uh, against the model that we're sort of at, that we're doing in our podcast. Well, I think there's a problem with their estimation of success sure. because, all right, so you take a city, one of the biggest cities on earth, and you take even a prominent church here sure. and you say, all right, well, these few thousand people didn't change all of society. Sure. Um, so you'd have to do a deeper look into just that particular. So I, I think the basis of the their claim of maybe they did a study, maybe they didn't, I think is a little unfair. Sure. Um, but I would say is that ultimately society, communities, whatever it might be, are made up of individuals. Mm -hmm. and, and and I know this, <laughs> we've all heard that before, um, but we, all the world is a, is a collection sure. of individuals. And if you create healthier, more whole, more loving, um, more generous, forgiving, whatever it might be, individuals, the more individuals you have like that in the world, the better the whole, the collective quote will be. Sure. And so I think it's a bottom up look rather than a top down. So a lot of people, we're gonna enforce this thing from top down mm. on society and then that will change society. I would push back and say, I don't think it's worked the other way either. Mm -hmm. So maybe it hasn't worked on this, this bottom up way, at least to the extent we want it to have worked. But I don't see that it's worked the other way either, mm. forcing people into doing things and, and d dividing people and saying, this is how you have to act and pressuring them. Um, I think if you want to see actual change in the world, I hate to say this, this is very Christianese, mm -hmm. but you're, you have the hearts of a billion individuals have to change, but it has to be on an individual basis. And so what we hope to do with this podcast is hopefully make you think about things more deeply uh, as we are with us, not that we yeah. have all the answers. We, we try not to give too many answers. We just want you to think with us because yeah. um, we don't have tons of answers. But the, the more deeply you think about these things in, in new ways and you come to ideas about truth and what might, and that, that will go then and inform your decisions, be that how you vote, be that how you treat people, and that will ultimately make a better world. Yeah. But it's it's more about the individual. We're so glad that yeah. each one of, we don't look at you as, now we have a thousand people who listen to us every week. We look at, we have a thousand individuals and you listening right now are an individual and if we can, something we can do in conjunction with a million other things, and, and things do this to us too, can make us a better individual, a deeper, more kind, more loving, more contemplative, more reflective individual. If we can do that for as many people, that will actually affect society on a whole. But it starts with the changing mm -hmm. of one heart and a billion times. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make a change. And again, the thing is... <clears throat> Right at this point, well, I guess this is interesting. So here's, here's a, a, another direction to take this. Is there a circumstance in which you would be willing and interested in talking about political things on the podcast? Here's the thing. Technically, we do. Yeah. I, I think the, the better definition is we don't talk about um, political parties. Sure. Yeah. That's really the thing we don't talk about because as we're you not partisan, we've talked about race, we've talked about sex, we've talked about religion, all the things that are hyper politicized now. Yeah. Right. Th those are things we haven't shied away from and we actually believe are important to talk about. Mm -hmm. So technically, we have talked about things that are quote political, but we've just removed the 
the political here's how you should vote affiliation on sure, yeah. from them let's think about the issues and then you we trust you as individuals to through conversations both here and elsewhere and study and research mm -hmm. then you go out and decide from what you've learned and garnered and thought about that will guide you to make a decision we're not here to tell you how to make decisions you know and and that's something we never want to do and everyone else seems to be interested. We are not interested in telling you what to do. We're interested in having you think with us and listening to our dumb thoughts. And occasionally, hopefully- Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I have a smart thought every once yeah, in a while. Yeah, that's true. Like once in a while, <laughs> a broken clock twice a day. Um, <laughs> I, was, I always hate that because technically the clock could be broken in one minute ahead. Then it'll just always be wrong. <laughs> wow. Yeah, right? See, that's the kind of deep thoughts you get. Right, I'm overthinking. Yep. Um, but yeah, so we, it's, we're not, not talking about, technically we are talking about political issues sure. all the time. We're not talking about politics. Okay. So I guess, so here's, like, I, my, my thing is again, I, like, I wouldn't mind. I'm like, philosophically, I'm not against, you know, letting people know how I vote. Please don't. Please <laughs> don't. Why aren't you fool? You want to get us all killed? Like, <laughs> I'm not, it's just. And I'm not against, you know, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, like talking more explicitly about the ways I think that um, the that the way I make the link between my ideas, the way I think these things should be applied in sure. policy. Yeah. Um, I at this point don't know how to do that in a way that it gets the right ratio. And is it ultimately <laughs> productive? And it's ultimately productive. Yes, because again, what I want to do is say, look, here is how I would argue. I think that the ideas and the values. Are best applied mm -hmm. in the yeah. um, just like we do sort of with Christianity, where we say, here are some really interesting questions. Here's how I think that Christianity solves them. You can yeah. you can agree or disagree with me, but I want you to see my thought process. So you get practice making that kind of thought process yourself. Yeah. So you see, I don't mind doing that, but I also don't entirely know how to get the ratio right in a way that I think that people will be able to hear what yeah. we're saying. And I think, look. There are probably going to be times where we I where we experiment a little bit. Like we have a couple of like episode ideas coming up that are going to be like, oh well, this this is an interesting area that 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 is a little bit farther in that area than we've sometimes gone before. And I think that can be very interesting. And I will see how people respond and ability to do it. But I wanted to do it in a way that again, ideas and values and faith come first. Yeah. And this is an exploration of how to apply it. Well, and you brought up a, a, a very prominent prom, uh, a Protestant minister here yeah. in the city. I, I'm going to bring up Dolan, who I've met before, mm. Cardinal Dolan. Re really, um, I'm not Catholic, but I was really <laughs> impressed when I met him. I just saw him. Uh, a bunch of people just unsubscribed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, well, canceled. We tried. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah, I met him. I'm not Catholic by any means. And um, But I got, I got to meet him at an event, and I was so impressed. This is a side note, impressed by his humility. Mm. One of the most important figures in New York, especially one of the most important spiritual figures in, in the U.S. You should all know who he is. Mm. Um, but he was he shook everyone's hand and everyone the time of day, mm. from the janitor to the president of the place we were at. And I thought that was a beautiful thing. But the the Catholic Church does essentially what you were talking yeah. about, uh, the Protestant Church in the city doing. And I, and I always respected that, which is we're not going to tell you which way to vote. You will. Our Catholic friend, one of them, he said, you will never hear a priest get up yeah. and say, you got to mark this on your ballot. Right. Ever. They said our job is to help 
everyone who is here understand the values, reality, yeah. goodness, morals, ethics, and then you have to go make your yeah. decision yeah. outside of what our expertise is. And so come back to our expertise. I had to say expertise because I have yeah. literally expertise in like scare quotes. I don't even yeah. I don't even have a bachelor's degree. So <laughs> you're listening to a high school, you know. But you are a certified life coach. That is true. <laughs> you know what? You're right. I, and a reverend. So yeah. no, I, we're not, we're not doing that. We're not doing that. I will not do so that. So Reverend Nathan says, um, but but that's kind of I guess where we land. Yeah. We, and we feel pretty in safe waters. Um with the, the, the major church yeah. um, leaders, at least our city and, and the country, yeah. which is we, we don't feel the need to tell you how to vote. Yeah. And it's just not something we're interested in. But we, what we do feel the need to do is have you think with us about important things, think more deeply about them. Maybe that will lead you to make better choices. Yeah. That could be how you That's, vote. That could be how you live. I will, also, I will also say this. If there does come a time where I we get famous enough and then like I get outed about my my political beliefs, then there's a chance I might be a little bit more open about it on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> At which point I will be executed. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. The splits uh, splitsville on. I me. really don't like to be in clubs. Yes. <laughs> I have a big thing. Well, there's a, a course. What's the quote? I don't want to be a part of a club, club that will have me to be part of. Yes, Groucho Marx. Yes, the great philosopher. Yes. Groucho Marx. I'm really a Groucho. If you want to know my politics, it's pretty much Groucho Marx. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, yeah. you could do worse. Yeah. I, right. <laughs> yeah. So you know, I'm maybe writing his name on the ballot. Oh, there I go. I Oh, the that's, that's, yeah, the, the, I was going to say the Marx party, but that's completely different. <laughs> yeah, I'm a Marxist. <laughs> yeah. oh, Groucho Marx. Please, please don't clip that. <laughs> I will make no such promises. That's the thing. Specifically, I'm a Groucho Marx. I'm a Groucho, I'm a Groucho Marxist. Yeah. Wow, that's that's, that's a good party, party trick right there. <laughs> yes. I'm going to start using that. But yeah, pretty much, um, I'm going to take a, an old dead. Uh, ancient comedian and I'm going to base all of my politics <laughs> off of what he said, but it's true. Yeah. So I, I do have a problem with clubs and things because again, to go back to that, I don't want to see the world divided. I think that there, we have more in common as humans than not. And I think one of the things we have in common is to quote Nathan A, our producer, we all suck. It's a rock fact. <laughs> and I want to explore that. Yeah. And how we can suck less. This, yeah. Because we all suck. But love can make us suck less. The freedom to explore that. And again, like you said, I am less tribally uninclined than Nathan is. <laughs> but the thing is that, you know, it, like you said, the the pressure to say because, um, because you disagree with me 20% of the time. That you say that, heard. but you're always like flip-flopping yourself. Well, I don't know. That's a good point. <laughs> you think too much to actually ever be fully in a tribe. Too. Oh, that's well, no, yeah, but, that, but that's the thing is that if you're not fully in a tribe, you're not allowed in the tribe at all is the problem. Yeah, that's See, the again, problem. again, it's like, I would say like, yeah, I could, I think I will buy into 70% of what you believe. Yeah. I have a 30% that I'm like, nah. And then, yeah. And then, and they're like, no, we don't want you. Like yeah. that's, that's the problem. I think, I think tribes should be a little bit more plastic than that. Also, what if I establish, you know, we establish a podcast that's based on one political ideology yeah. and then all of a sudden change. I'm like, change. Eh, I don't like these guys anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Which believe me, you, you think we're joking, but like that is completely within the we realm. We really of what he do does. overthink everything. I've, yes. I've never been rested in like, ah, this is now where, yeah. what I, uh, what about that? Yeah. So, and so again, it, it sort of comes down to, what are we most interested in doing and what we think we can do best in the world? And it's helping people have fun thinking deeply about important things. Together. 
unified. And we think that the best way to do that is to talk not very much about how to apply that into laws that point guns in particular areas. And it seems that most places, that's the only thing they're interested in talking about. And if you want that, there are other places to go. Yeah. Better places. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to add before we move on to blessings and curses? Anarchy! <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding, guys. I'm not an anarchist yet. yet. <laughs> not yet, Ferb. Um, but uh, cool. Well, thank you very much. Yeah. If you guys have any, uh, well, I would love to hear from you guys. If you um, have any um, points of objection to what we said, would love to hear um, from you on that, or if you would prefer us to be talking more about politics, explaining why, explain, we'd love to hear you explain why, or if you love what we do and why we do it here, we'd love to hear those about what it's meant to you, um, the space that we've created. Um, we'd love to hear that as well, you know, to get the feedback kind of on this. Uh, it really episode. helps us know, yeah, just kind of a touch point with the people out there and, exactly. and what resonates and what doesn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, and would you also, if, and would if we disagreed with you on something political, would you still listen to us? That's really interesting. Yeah, that would be if if you found oh. out that we voted differently than you, would you still listen to us? I'm yes. really curious. Write yeah. that in, please. Yeah. And also, um, we will tell you how we voted last election, and we'll tell you how to vote next election um, for a low low price <laughs> <laughs> of one million dollars. Yes. You think I'm kidding? Actually. I, I would absolutely. Are answer. you kidding? Yeah, I would do it for far less than a million dollars. We got to set up a GoFundMe. <laughs> yes, exa yeah, exactly. Um, uh, but things you can only do that once because then they can just spread it around. True, <laughs> true. So um, exactly. So you got to make that count that one time. All right, blesses and curses, where we take Oof. something on. This is the scariest one. Yeah. <laughs> um, where we take a uh, um, work of art, media, or resource on the talk we talked about, and. Um, recommend one or two or more and uh, curse some others, tell you to stay away from them. So uh, I had actually a lot harder time than I typically do on this. Uh, Nathan, you want to start, start I'm us just going to try to make everyone mad as possible and bless and curse things. Well, that's something from... you're an expert at. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a, it's a passion of mine. Yes. <laughs> and so let me pull up my, my list here. Um, I made sure to very carefully include <laughs> things I know would really annoy people that I blessed and cursed on, on every side that I could yeah. possibly think of, at least, at least some major sides right now. All right. Um, oh, shoot. Okay, so I'm going to bless um, the movie first. Don't look up. <laughs> we, we have an Adam McKay groaner over here. <laughs> we have a longstanding feud about that movie, which I really am entertained by. So I, I plan I, to continue it. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I don't have some weird beef with Adam McKay. I have an extremely weird beef with Adam McKay that I'm very proud of. <laughs> and that he is totally unaware of. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's one-sided beef. Dinkelberg. But I liked it. One, it was entertaining. It was funny. It was interesting. I was, I can't remember what I was watching it. I think I watched it on New Year's at some point. It was in the middle of the pandemic. The world was going crazy. And uh, it was just like hit because it's all about the world going crazy and everyone <laughs> kind of being dumb. And of course, it's not perfect. But I, I did think uh the 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 script or, or McKay rather in a an extreme hyperbolic mm -hmm. way um summed up and gave a funny picture of how people are and how politics work today yeah. and how they um uh, distract us from actually solving problems and to his credit it wasn't partisan yeah and I think that was another reason I really he's incredibly partisan oh yes but this movie wasn't he and thinks Aaron Sorkin is a conservative <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man, I should have like blessed like uh, West Wing and Curse. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've we've already we've yeah. already done the, the House of Cards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I I just enjoyed it. I thought it was especially entertaining, just on a human level, how people react, how people use politics. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't. It didn't seem biased, and even if it was, it was whatever the biased things were. They seemed to be at least somewhat accurate mm-hmm. and funny. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a Leo DiCaprio movie star, Jennifer Lawrence movie star. Oh, hey, it's such a great cast. Oh, great cast. And it was entertaining. And as everyone knows, really the reason I don't talk about politics, I'm ADHD and have a very short attention span <laughs> and uh, can't do minutia. So I need really entertaining bright colors. And this had a lot of entertaining fast, you know, it's a, it's a quicker moving story, which I really enjoyed. And it was fun. It was insightful about the modernity as a whole. Um, I'm also going to bless, this is a weird one, The Hunt, which is written oh, by yeah. another guy who is biased into another direction. Yeah. Um, but I thought that- It's actually co-written by two people of different sides of the political aisle. And, oh, I definitely have to bless that. <laughs> they actually, do they have to write in different rooms and just like- <laughs> No, they're actually like best friends that write together a lot, even wow. though they have different politics. It's fascinating. That, that should be blessed right there. <laughs> the two people coming from different places can actually- coalesce and create something together yeah not even just be friends actually create something the hunt was fun all right so it was we live in new york where everyone's an elitist (laughs) and it 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 had very pointed smart jokes about another side of people that you know don't look up kind of ragged on uh someone on one side and this one ragged on another side and both of them i thought were pretty searingly accurate about some of the more extreme aspects and behavior of these different groups brilliant it reminds me of the hunt um it is it's not a kid's movie it's (laughs) (laughs) just go read the description i'm not going to tell you the description here go read the description (laughs) it's pretty funny just barely an adult's movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah but i i really enjoyed it i got some good chuckles and laughs oh yeah yeah. um, it's a mixed bag for me but it but what they're attempting to do is so great that even the the mixed bag aspect of it it's really admire what they what they're trying to do yeah yeah maybe i should have blessed uh uh get out and the hunt because <laughs> they, they seem like polar opposites in both both of them are great movies yeah um but yeah so i don't look up in the hunt i thought were yeah both good so try to figure out my politics now <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah. again start that reddit thread yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> well it, if you do figure out my politics please let me know <laughs> that would be very helpful to me <laughs> in making would it though yeah probably not <laughs> oh man um my curse is going to be i i got to see actually i was the very first audience to see last night (laughs) (laughs) right here in new york city with all my (laughs) rich elitist friends (laughs) you think i'm kidding Uh, but i we i my wife and i went to a a, the first very first screen of a documentary called god forbid which is coming out probably by the time this episode comes out and it's about the falwell uh Mm. scandal and I got to tell you, I cringe. This is, you know, an evangelical leader who has another one who has a, you know. A, a lot of influence politically. Yep. And the um, and secret his, life. His fall from grace, as they say. Yeah, which... I, we, I can't even describe <laughs> what went on because this is a family podcast. Is it? <laughs> it's half family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like a PG-13 podcast. There you go. I'll, I'll accept that. Yeah, so it's definitely not PG-13, the content of this, um, which is ironic because... You know, he was also the guy who at his school didn't allow dancing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So part of it, I'm, I'm, I'll say the things I liked. It, it was compelling and it made me um, 
it made me sad that mm. people who have claimed my religion or to be a part of what I am a part mm. of, technically Christianity, had acted in this way. Yeah. And it made me embarrassed. And it, it made me want to get up and say, turn around right and look at all these people who, who presumably most don't believe in God and don't come from my tradition of faith and say, we are not like this. We are not all like this. This is mine, please. And I think that's where I curse it. Hmm. I curse it because it made it, listen, I, I know a lot of Christians and um, most of them, I mean, most of them, even the ones I disagree with hugely on theology are kind people, are people who care about justice, I care about goodness, who try to live honest mm -hmm. lives, who try to love people, regardless of where they vote or how they are. And I know it's getting harder and there's maybe even less of them, but I do know that people who follow Jesus are typically, mostly who I've known are good people. The problem is in any group, there's gonna be monsters. Mm -hmm. And we have to be honest about the monsters we have. Um, but I would say the monsters are in the minority. And maybe I'm being overly rosy because it's my, you know, it is my one single group I have. But I did feel that it, it got into this place where the director used the story about a Christian conservative falling and acting terribly and embarrassing, embarrassingly to say that everyone is like this. If you are a Christian, if you vote a particular way, you are probably just as corrupt and evil as um, this person. That, that there is no delineation yeah. that between believing in this and acting like this. He, he was saying, you need to point the guns in this direction. Yeah, and that obviously I, I was, you know, I wanted to go up to him later. I didn't get the chance, the, the director who was there and say, you know, one, I'm sad that we didn't make this before you got a chance yeah. to, because I'm sad that, that Christians didn't talk about this as much as they should have and yeah. call this out yeah. and say, this is wrong. And this is not Christ-like. And I'm sad that you made it, uh, to be honest. Yeah. Um, it's also a little ironic, someone from Hollywood making a movie yeah, about people a, over there a group he's not a part of. And it's like, boy, have you seen Hollywood lately? There's <laughs> yeah. a few things happening that probably deserve documentaries too yeah. um, that are in your group. So that was an interesting thing. But yeah, so I guess to me, it did the, the sin that where we get racism, sexism, every ism from, which is one person acts badly, which now we can apply to every person who is this. Yeah. And I think that's a, di a dishonest way to look it at it. It just so happens to be the people that I want to be the bad guys in my story. Exactly. So that's why I have to curse that technically is well made, all that. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately it, it fell into that trap of, well, I'm going to show you one person who's bad. And if anyone else says that they are the same religion as this person, they're bad too. Yeah. And that, and that obviously frustrated me and embarrassed me all at once. Yeah, I think, and I think and it makes our culture worse when we do that. I do too. And I, and I don't want to see Christians doing that to other people. No. Which is why we have we have our atheist friend on here to, <laughs> to laugh and make jokes at each other because we want people to know that this is not a good thing to well, sum people up. Let's do well, and, and by the way, you have another you have another curse that uh, goes on that other other side of things. Yes, I do. Oh <laughs> boy, um, and I'm not the first to do this, and I will do it less. And then you go watch um, Say Goodnight Kevin and his quote movie review of this. It's it's a movie that came out. I think I can't remember when it came out. I think it was pre 
2016 election. I think no, I think it was uh, it was just no, it was just it was after it. Right, right after, okay, right after it was like so 2017 somewhere. The movie is a little safer that way. Yeah, <laughs> when you hear about what it, what it's about, um, <laughs> it's called the Trump prophecy. And again, I'm not going to delve into politics of who's right, who's wrong, who's a good guy, who's a bad guy, but I'm talking about the movie in the way it did it, yeah. which which is does something that really bothers me. And it conflates, if not bothers me, I think it's wrong and it, it'll be destructive. Which it, it's it sets up politics as as important as God, mm-hmm. as spirituality, and the only way to make a difference or affect the world. The Trump prophecy is basically, man, I can't even remember. That. Somebody gets a prophecy, like a guy who's having really disturbing dreams and PTSD gets a prophecy that God has said Trump is going to win uh, the election. And so they start a prayer chain to pray that he gets the election, that that's God's will for him to be elected and to, you know, uh, you know, save the world, whatever. Uh, yeah. And so I guess the thing that bothers me, I don't, again, I don't care who you voted for, who you like or you don't. The thing that bothers me is why do we need to drag God into this? Mm-hmm. Why, why do we need um, to deify someone we want to vote for? Yeah. And so it's, man, I, I, I know, I don't even know how to quite articulate what it is, but it's, it's basically equating our spirituality with our political identities. And I think that's a really dangerous thing, especially when you see Jesus bucking all of the preconceived notions of political parties of his day. And he said, no, there's a higher power. It's one thing to say, I believe based on my values, that this is the right person to vote for. It is another thing to say that God has said it is will, this it is will that this person goes into comes into power. And he's told me, even though I can't prove it, I'm going to say he's told me, and it's God will. And if you are opposing it, you're opposing the will of God. Um, that, that seems manipulative. Yes. And it, it seems also intellectually dishonest. Yeah. And it also seems dangerous. And I think one of the things I've seen, again, both sides everywhere, is we have raised politics and our politicians to a level they ought not be. Yeah. They are public servants who we hope <clears throat> do good and often don't. Um, but they are not God, our ultimate hope is in God. And it seems to be putting too much hope in who is in the White House. And that I think is a failed, well, understandable, but a, a failed mission, ultimately. Yeah, well, I mean, again, it's, you see this again, you know, you have, you have one side political that basically says, if you, don't, if you don't vote for our guy, you know, uh, the Satanists, the globalists, and the Marxists win, and, and, you know, and you're violating the will of God. And other side that says, you know, it's like, well, you, the, if you don't, the fascists win, yeah. you know, and, and it's like, and, and if you are a bad person, it just intrinsically, if you don't vote the way I do. And, and again, you're, you're, you are the orcs from Mordor. You know, this is not a great way to level. That's a horrible way to do politics. To, to either enter the table with other people or even to view the world. If yeah. your hope in goodness and beauty and all that is wrapped up in politics, I think you're bound to be disappointed forever. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately. So I think, this movie gave too much credence yeah. um, to the idea that essentially politics and political power is on, it should hold the same amount of hope and attention in our hearts uh, or affection in our hearts as God mm-hmm. and uh, our faith. And I think that's wrong and destructive. And so, yeah, and <laughs> aside from that, it's terribly made. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> And listen, yeah. I have movies out there. You're all going to criticize mine. I yes, I don't make perfect movies, but boy, even if you did want to convince people that this was the will of God, make a better movie. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, 
your his main movies look like Goodfellas compared to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on a far smaller budget. Thank you. Thank you very much. That means a lot. Yeah, um, but yeah, so those are my blessings and curses. And let's see how many people I either ticked off and made happy. Yeah, you see, the, if you want, if you think you wanted to talk about politics, well, that's that's a little preview of what. Yeah. yeah. Do you still want to talk about politics? Yeah. You sure? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, um, I have a uh, uh, quadrant of movies that I'm going to um, uh, bless and curse. So I've got two for blessing and two for cursing. Um, this is actually difficult because I. I tend to stay away from uh, political movies that I think I'm not going to like. So curses were a little di bit difficult for me. And also it's hard to find political movies that I do like. Um, so, but I will do this. I, first I'm going to bless, I blessed this before, but I'm going to bless the movie Eye in the Sky. Eye in the Sky! Because it is a political movie about, you know, a joint uh, US-British drone operation. Right. That's where they have to decide, are they going to, to kill some terrorists with a drone that will stop them from destroying, you know, uh, bombing as they're about to do a suicide bombing and bomb uh, a mall. But if they do, they might uh, kill a little girl. So this was the movie that Joseph came over to my house um, <laughs> to me and my wife and was so excited, like genuinely, he's like, this is a good movie I want to share with my friends. Guys, <laughs> would you want to watch this? Me and my wife both looked at him and we're just like, what's it about? And he just <laughs> said exactly what he just said. And we said, Absolutely not. That sounds so boring. It is such a good movie. We watched the comedy instead. <laughs> I understand and respect you turning it down. It is such a great movie. And I'll say this, it is the only movie I've ever seen that does an excellent job of showing an actual political debate and discussion and giving each side their due mm. in uh, respectfully, both in terms of showing the best sides of their arguments, but also the worst sides of each other. Like both sides, nobody's hands are clean. Um, but also they have some moral weight behind them. And uh, and also very entertaining. I thought it was entertaining. You might think I'm wrong, which is totally fair. Um, but I, so I recommend that if you want to see political stuff and discussion happening to be done right, I can't think of one that I've, I've seen that I think is better. Um, uh, then in another movie, I'll say when it comes to drama, when it comes to comedy, one of the best that I've ever seen is The Death of Stalin. Oh, good one. And that's, again, it's it's about Stalin dies and his entire, you know, cabinet has to decide who's going to take power, how they're going to divide up power. And again, this sort of goes to what we like to do with politics. Again, it's not talking about, you know, Republicans or Democrats, but it is talking about this is what people are like in political circumstances. Yeah. And, and you get to see how, and it's now, of course, again, very, and a very specifically evil, but it shows evil and political evil because that's what the Soviet Union was, that's what communism was. Um, it was political evil, but political evil, its commentary is that it looks like just ordinary idiots who, that you would meet in an office who get power. Mm. And again, you could have imagined like, you know, characters from the TV show, The Office, these are these characters, but they just happen to have real political power and, you know, fewer ethics in some cases. And so that kind of commentary on what human nature is like, I think is one of the best ways you can do something political. So I very bless that. Um, I have run out of times that I feel like it's fair to um, uh, curse God's Not Dead. <laughs> um, We've used all of our curse chips yeah, on God's, God's Not Dead. Until the God's Not Dead 5 comes out, which is not a joke. They are making God's Not Dead 5. Which, oh, wow. Um, Plus, like, God, or curse God's Not Dead 2 or 3. We haven't done those. Yeah, oh, no, I've done, I've done that. So what oh, I'm going to do, yeah. So I'm going to curse Persecuted, which is... Right. Which is um, off-brand thriller, God's Not Dead. Um, which again, what it does is it 
invents a conspiracy about you know Christians trying to be assassinated because they're Christians and they're standing up against you know, uh, and it's badly done first of all. Like so, just learn how to make a good movie. Um, and second of all, it does play into this um, conspiracy mindset, which is that all the people that are on the other side of the political aisle are evil and out to get me. And um, the only way to preserve and save my, my core values is to fight um, the evil people over there. It's what you call the Adam McKay problem. Yes, yeah, yes. <laughs> to drag his name back into this, but say what you said. I think whether or not it's true about him, Joseph, Joseph is fuming right now. <laughs> uh, say, say what it is that often people who, who have political leanings and make art do. They, they portray themselves, uh, the people who b- believe them, as nuanced and complex and good, motivated by good or at least empathetic motives. But everybody who disagrees with them is either you know, evil or stupid. And that's the <laughs> things that motivate them. Specifically, Adam McKay, it's a greedy or stupid. And so I would actually on that real quick, just a quick bit of advice. If there are people who you are diluting to that, yeah. be it a political party, be it a religion, whatever it is. You're the problem. <laughs> you might be the problem. If you actually think there are people out there who aren't nuanced and, and, do, and believe things yeah. that, uh, don't believe things beyond just being stupid or evil, there's something wrong. Yeah, check uh, that. If, if you ever are saying, I can't understand why anyone would vote this way de- as a decent person sincerely, the problem is with you not being able to imagine it. Not yeah. with that. Wow. So uh, it's going on a t shirt. <laughs> yes. We got and, a lot of. And you'll walk out in New York and immediately pushed in, you know, <laughs> into the, the street. street. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I will be pushed onto a subway track very quickly. Um, but uh, so I say, and so it, it does that. And as a model of, and again, look, I think I'm waiting for a conservative Christian to make a, like an Aaron Sorkin X esque political, you know, thriller. Um, about their political beliefs and politics. I think there's stuff that can be mined, just as I think, you know, you know, Aaron Sorkin has done some great stuff sort of on the liberal side. I think there's stuff that you can do on the conservative side that makes for a great movie. You shouldn't have to make stuff up about conspiracies that don't exist in order to do that. Because then <clears throat> when people, especially if, if you think you're convincing on the other yeah. side, all they're do is like, well, that's not an accurate depiction yeah. of me. And um, all you're doing is, again, preaching to the choir. Yes, but also making your choir worse because you're making them fight an imagined enemy rather than the real world. Yeah. Real one. Um, which makes them in, in, in impossible for them to actually effectively fight the actual people boogeymen out there. Mm. So, um, so that's bad. So persecuted, uh, awful movie um, uh, that did that. And then, of course, on the liberal side, I'm going to curse the uh, movie The American President. <clears throat> and Never seen it. It's basically the uh, like a, you're a, cursing a, the American President. Yes, well, all of them. Hot take. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Amer- no, but it's 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 essentially the um the movie the pre before um Aaron Sorkin's um uh movie that was almost a a, a backdoor pilot for the West Wing. Wait, is this an Aaron, Aaron Sorkin? Yes, film? it is. And you like? I Aaron love Sorkin. Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, but it was the first movie that I was a real political movie that I watched growing up, where the ending speech at the end. First of all, again, they're kind of very trivial about some of the some of the political issues they bring up, which I kind of don't like. And it's like, oh, I'm you know falling in love and marrying a and you know sleeping with a lobbyist, and that shouldn't be anybody's business. It's like, well, okay, you're kind of being a little bit. But <laughs> also, you have a daughter, kind of like think about that. But what I'm really cursing it for is again this very problem where at the very end of the movie he gives a giant speech because it's Aaron Sorkin and he can write a giant speech, but where he says everybody who disagrees with me on politics is only doing it because they are un, un, uncritically nostalgic for past times and they're being manipulated. Well, and as a, and as a kid, 
I heard that and said, no intelligent person can believe that. Mm. Again, you cannot be an intelligent person and believe the entire other half of the country is stupid or evil. You just can't. And that's, you cannot be an intellectually defensible person and believe that. Well, and that's a new thing. By the way, this is critiquing both sides. Yeah. I've heard conservative pastors say, you can't be a Christian and vote Democrat. Yeah. And I've heard um, I said, liberal yeah. pastors or just people, you can't be a good person and yeah. vote uh, Republican. Yeah. Guys, come on. <laughs> <laughs> that's ridiculous. Yeah. And so- And I, and I will not defend that statement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and again, again, and the thing is, I know there's times in history where people have done awful things and there's no moral equivalence. Like during the Nazi times, there's no moral equivalence yes, yes. between the two sides. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that even the people who there's no moral equivalence between, they have reasons for embracing it. There's a great quote in a great movie where someone says, why did you do that? I think it was about suicide. And she replies, I think it's in the confessional scene, in every situation there's a logic. Yeah. And that's not a justification no. ever, but there is something to realizing if, even if I'm gonna change someone's mind, you have to understand why they're yes. making decisions. That's what therapists are, are literally trained to do is disagree with your decisions, yes. and, but also understand why you made them. Yeah, and so I think that um, I, I, that was the first movie where I began to understand that what I assumed about human beings, that for every situation there's a logic, a great deal of supposedly smart people did not actually believe that. And I think mm. that is deeply destructive uh, yeah. to our world. So those are good. Yeah, cool. And uh, again, I, I reiterate, if you do want to know who we voted for, <laughs> yeah. pay us a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> we we have a price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to make a movie. I have a price. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In fact, I'll let you write the movie. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, let's talk, talk. Whatever political biases you want in there, I will, I will put them in. <laughs> I don't care how heinous, just give me millions of dollars. Well, okay. Well, maybe not. But... <laughs> My price is a little lower than Joseph's. <laughs> Uh, well, anyway, thank you very much for uh, listening to this very offbeat episode. Again, would love to hear your feedback on it. Um, would you like to hear us more talk more about politics? Are you happy with what we've done and, and what it's meant to you? Um, and uh, would you listen to us differently if uh, we talked more about politics? And or at all. Or at all, yes. Yeah. So I'd uh, love to hear you talk about that. Um, Nathan, if they want to get in touch with us for such things or any other things, uh, where should they go? They can go to the overthinkersjournal.com where they can find them out more about their hosts and send us all of their love and probably after this episode, <laughs> hate mail, uh, as well as find out all about the upcoming events like our event at the Haps of a House on November 17th. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to the, you can go, <laughs> you can go to nathanclarkson.me or you can search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can uh, go find me on any of the socials. And also you can find me on josephholmesstudios.com. You can also find a lot of my writing work on Religion Unplugged, where I talk about movies and culture and faith. Thank you everybody so much for uh, being here. And remember, if it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about.